podcast where we talk about things with one super special guest every week. Just sit back, relax, and hear us speak on This Is Happening, the podcast. Hey, everybody. Hey, welcome back. Episode three. Yes. This episode, we interviewed the fabulous Tony Soto. He is a podcast host of the Tony Soto Show, a drag queen, and he hosts multiple shows in L.A. Yeah, he's really like a, a practiced denizen of the internet, um, has multiple shows, and we will talk about you know how you can check them out. And also in the description, I think you can check out all of his social media handles and all of that. So enjoy. Hey, everybody. Hey, this is happening. Again. Take two. <laughs> uh, we have a guest, an amazing, amazing guest named Tony Soto, one of my dear friends and an incredible talent in the city of L.A. Can I talk? Yeah, of course. Hi, everybody. Look at, how, look at that. You see how that ran? How y'all doing? Uh, <laughs> He's a big boy. Mike. What is the name boy. of this show? Where am I and what am I doing? The show is called This Is Happening. I love this. This is happening. And as we, uh, you know, the show is really about people's journey and that moment where people think, someone thinks like, you know, it's all starting to come together. And that journey that they're on about what they're meant to be doing with their life. Oh, I'm definitely on the cusp. The free for all of falling off the cliff. You you were right to choose me for that. Yeah, we try to find people like as they're in that moment. A 37-year-old up-and-comer. You know, you felt like a mid-30s up-and-comer to me. That's what I thought about for you on this show. So what's going on with Tony? Uh, You know, living that hustle, living that L.A. life. Uh, in this heat wave, you know. It is hot. Yeah. <laughs> Today, all of a sudden. It's how not you, just How started. do you deal with heat? Are you sweaty? Are you, like, generally good? Well, you know, my roots are uh, Chicago and central yes, Illinois. For so sure. You're used to freezing. The amount of no humidity, like... I'm now to, and you probably can vouch for this too, it's like, mm-hmm. you live in Chicago, it's humid, it's awful. Like, you know that as soon as yes. you leave your house, you're going to be soaked to the bone with sweat. You just know oh, it's going right. to happen. So then you move here, and there's no humidity until there is. And it's like 1% humidity, and we're like, <sighs> I can't breathe. <laughs> I can't breathe. I'm getting pneumonia. Yeah, LA makes Midwestern people pussies very quickly, and that is not, uh, I did not mean to be uh, like... No, non-feminist pussy. That's why I live here, because I like to identify as a pussy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people are like, you acclimated to the to LA real quick. I was like, that's why I came here. Yeah, I was exactly. like, I don't okay. want to feel cold. The yeah. dips do get severe. It will go from like 80 to 45, which is like a 35 degree change. Within a day. Yeah, within one day. Yeah, that is it's still freaky. nice out, but... Now, are you an LA native? No, I'm, I'm from New York, oh. um, but I've lived here for 20 years. Like upstate New York or New, New York, York, New York? New York City, oh, okay, okay. Manhattan She's cultured, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> originally Manhattan, and then... Um, the rotation is going this way. I feel like you're having a hard time with it, but I just wanted to tell you. The talking The, the ball rotation. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to be our silent guest when you've introduced <laughs> Oh, well, if you're going to have Tony Soto on the show, you're going to know that marijuana is with her. After, no this, after the second rotation, I uh, couldn't remember what the rotation was. This is going to be great. <laughs> Girl, I just take it when it comes to me. I think you pass it to me, so I pass it in the correct direction. I, it could be all me. I don't know. I'm not afraid of passing the buck. Okay. 
<laughs> Tony's, from, Tony's from Clinton, Illinois, so he probably knows a thing or two about bull passing. Uh, well, I know a lot. You know what? It's funny because, if, and if no one knows what Clinton, Illinois is, it's uh, in central Illinois. So it's like right here. So here's the Illinois. And so it's like. He's got a tattoo. The, it literally is. Yeah, is that it's forever if you find me at rock bottom, you know where to send me back to. You know, at some point. It's like, take her there. Is that dot? Is that dot where you're from? That dot is uh, around where I'm from. Like, I, I claim all of central Illinois because I'm just that guy. Yeah, that really just sure. looks like the center, the very center. Of but the town I grew up in was 8,000 people when okay. I was growing up. So I learned a lot there. I learned how to not OD on drugs. I learned how to party in trailers with children there. You know, we just said a bunch of shit. Like, fucking in your parents' car. <laughs> okay. Being gay in a small town and rocking it, you know? Like, I never just being a real good hoe. When did you... Country hoe. When, when did you come, when did you come out? When did you start? The I don't really remember crazy partying. I don't really remember ever uh, being in. To be quite honest, like I feel like the only coming out story I ever had that meant anything was when I told my parent, my mother, because she was like, "Oh, I never knew." But literally, everybody, but everybody else was like, "Yeah, sort of the I was town doomed gay. from the beginning." It was like, I don't know you how you become feminine. Hole. I don't know <laughs> how it happens. People are like, "I'm a, I saw some when I was a child." It brought did the, you have I, siblings? Yeah, I'm in the middle. It was, I don't think it came from the outside. I think it came like you're. You just started to express yourself. Yeah, because like everyone's like, well, you probably just looked at your mother, and I was like, well, my mom wasn't fabulous. No, you know what I mean, like, if, like I was fabulous. Like I knew it at the beginning, but yeah, I was a middle child. It's probably you know, it's when you have the confidence, I think, to come into your own and express what's really inside you. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, you know, well, I that's think what that, emerged. I think that me. I always knew that, um, that, uh, I was, uh, interesting and fun to be around. I just had to like, <laughs> it, it, you just can't, you had to convince yourself, you know, it's like what RuPaul says, if you don't love yourself. Mm. And I am such a huge fan of me. Like, mm. I can't mm. even tell you. Okay. <laughs> Were you really popular in high school? No. 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 Well, no. No, no, no. Were you, no. like, an alternate boy? Alternative? Yeah, she was goth. <laughs> like, I definitely had the black. I could totally that. You know what? And, and, and this is not, I don't know who's going to hear this, and this is not an invitation to look, but there are, like, <laughs> photos of me that I'm sure <laughs> if I got around to it, I would just be mortified because sure. we were a Midwestern. We didn't know, like we had Marilyn Manson as our role model. So it was like, we looked the best. Uh -huh. Yeah. Oh, but no, I wasn't cool. I was cool with the people that I was cool with. You know, like the people that I was cool with growing up in high school was so fun because we would do drugs. We'd all fuck each other. Like it was just like a fun time. We didn't care. We knew we were stuck in this shitty town. So we might as well have, you know, yeah, totally. a go of it. That's really cool. I mean, you know, I was in New York City, and I was, you know, it was a little earlier um, in the uh, count, you know, time-wise. But um, I was too uptight to be fucking anyone. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, see, I was real sad. I was like trying to find religion, trying to find my purpose, and I discovered drugs, and I was like, "Ooh, they're each different. This is fun," you know. I like, discovered drugs too, but it, the drugs didn't lead to the sex for me for a long time. No, what was your poison? Uh, drug wise, yeah, uh huh. Um, you know, really, it was it. I smoked a lot of pot, uh -huh. you know, and then I found cocaine. Oh yeah, to, that's uh, the devil. I found that early. I, and country coke. There's nothing cute about country coke. I think cocaine. I no, I, yeah. I found really, country, really good like Manhattan coke. I think. Like, well, I'm sure. At Seventeen. Oh, I'm sure. What was that? The eighties. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. God damn. Good Coke in 87. Uh-huh. In New York. Dirty yeah. New York. Good Coke from Dirty a friend. I, I would have never made it in the city. You know what I mean? Like, I look at it this way. I was like, there, are, there were times that I prayed my heart wouldn't stop when I was growing up in a rural town in Illinois. I tell everyone, I was like, I'm glad I moved to L.A. in my uh, mid-30s because I think if I moved here in my 20s, I'd be there. You would have wrecked yourself. But what yeah. about what about Chicago? I mean, Chicago's a big oh, town. Oh, Chicago was fucking Fun. Yeah, Chicago was fun. Isn't it like the best? Like I moved there at the best. Chicago time. was like my gay stomping grounds. Honestly, it was so, and it's, a, it's just a great place to like, you know, sew some tire treads into your belt of life. Yeah, if that makes any sense. What? How old were you when you moved there? Twenty three. Okay, but it was my first major city. Yeah, it was the first city where it was like, holy shit, a gay neighborhood. It's not just like a once in a while gay bar. I think I was twenty two. Yeah, totally. And it was 2002 when I moved there. And I just remember it was like the downtown area. People still wouldn't go after dark. Like it was kind of creepy and gross. Yes, girl. Like like downtown would close down. It wasn't so adventures and babysitting or whatever. But it wasn't like that scary. But it was like (laughs) people weren't hanging out. You know what I mean? Downtown. Um, And I literally became a man in Chicago. Like I was 22 to, well... What two years ago I was there. So so what, every three, four wild. Decades? What's that? <laughs> yeah, girl, it was a long time. She's very tired. Chicago in the fifties. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> just a bus like so after it burned down and rebuilt. It was so great, guys. Just watching it rebuild. It was the was nice, so, that's the Chicago fire. If anyone doesn't what know, was that, you should Google that. It was tragic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so in Chicago. Fuck that town! Well, that was your first me. big city. Yeah, you, you would you went after college. But I we would or? skip school yeah. to like drive. It was two and a half hours away from where you I had grew been going up. to Chicago. Oh yeah, that was your big town. Near I thought. Did you go I get was... fucked up in Chicago when you were? In, yeah, like, we would like skip high school. You are such a rebel kid. I was such a goody two shoes. No, we would city. skip school. Like we we were so ignorant. We had like the phone <laughs> tree thing where we would all call each other. All right, you call. Uh, and be my mom or my dad, and I'll call and be, and uh, so we had this whole, and then we would road trip, like seven or eight of us in like some tiny ass bullshit car (laughs) that had no business being on on the highway, you know? Totally. God, it was so fun, and not, and just like- And then where'd you get fucked up in Boys Town? Yeah, well, no, we would get fucked up in the drive, on the drive up there. We were not old enough to go anywhere. To we anything. would literally get fucked up on the way up there and be in the city and just be like, we'll go to work. And then drive home that And night. then drive home. You wouldn't really even know where to go. You yeah, no. be in Chicago. Yeah, it would just be, you know, I, I always thought I was New York bound. Because I, I was theater, you know, I thought I'd be an actor. I thought I'd be working. Right. Uh, so did you stage. do any theater in Chicago? Yeah, I did a lot of theater. I mean, I went to school at Columbia College, Chicago, and got a, a degree in directing. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah, that was real worth the debt. <laughs> uh, you know, I know. I, I don't understand why anyone who is in a creative uh, uh, path goes to college. It was such a I think about waste that. of my time yeah, sure. and all of my money. And really? I can't, yeah. I mean, the, I mean, I, you do put on shows now. Sure. And you went to school for and learning I, how to put it on shows. You're right. And I use and I use everything that I learned at Columbia almost day to week. Like yeah. I learned, yeah. but I knew about yes anding in high school, Queen. You know what I mean? Like for I knew about sure. I could zip zap zop in high school. You know what I mean? So I was just like, 
But it gives you, I think, a little bit of like a, a low stakes place to learn and true, you know. So like, and meet but, other people, yeah, like be in an environment. That and has I like Columbia because they worked you. Like yeah. they were like, look, you're doing all of your classes and you're directing three shows a year. Oh, totally. And so, so, you got your so, so you were, and, and I didn't live on campus, so I was like going back and forth from my apartment, living my adult life, doing a job. Like you know, I went to back to school. Yeah. A little later in life. I didn't know that, actually. A little later. How old were you? 26. And did you move to Chicago when you were 18? No, 22. Oh, that's right. 22 from Clinton? Yeah. Well, from Lincoln, Illinois, where I went to college for two years because I was really bad in high school. It was a small liberal arts college where where bad kids went to strengthen their GPAs because they might have told high school Mm. to fuck off. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I can see it. It's yeah. still in your eyes. I don't like to I learn. I mean, don't teach me a thing. I already know it. Hey, that's one out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm So left. when did you discover, like, new media and podcasting and YouTube and what you've kind of, like, well, made your vocation? Did you do drag in Chicago? What? Yeah, I started doing drag actually in 2002 when I worked at Roscoe's. Oh, dang. Um, but as she was an often, yeah, as Xander Farallon at the time. So, where did that name come from? Um, Xander Farallon is because my middle name is Alejandro, which is Alexander, but there was a lot of Alexandrias in Chicago at the time. So, I, so I was like, I can't be. <laughs> Alexander. Like, this was the day when Alexandra Billings was still in Chicago. You oh, know, from, damn. yeah. So, I mean, like, uh, not that I was anywhere near her stature, and God, if you could have seen her when she was performing in those days, you would have been amazed. Like she's brilliant. But um, so I just was like, I well, met her I'll go. Oscar. Yeah, you can do that here. Isn't that like great? <laughs> so then I changed it to Zan. Well, it was Zandra, and then Farallon was a street I grew up on, and it always sounded like new money to me when I was growing up. Like I loved soap operas, totally. and I loved like uh, late night, like Dallas and mm-hmm. Falcon Crest and all that shit. So it was yeah. like Farallon sounded like new money, and you know, and also good grass, which Latinos love. I love, <laughs> I love a good lawn, you know. Totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what were we talking about? Um, not into drag and Chicago, oh, so uh, but you were talking about multimedia, right? New, <laughs> new media, podcasting, YouTube. The first thing I did regarding that, I did a YouTube show with a good Judy of mine. Her name is Darcy. Mc, well, Darcy Hill now was Darcy McGill at the time, and uh, we did a show called uh, what was it called? Oh, Knee Deep in a Bottle. And we would get really drunk and then answer people's advice questions that they would have, uh, that they would email us in. And we would get wasted and we would talk a lot of shit and be really problematic. Uh, It's a different different person then. But uh, we were really problematic. But we were fun. People enjoyed watching us. That was Mm -hmm. kind of the first. I started doing YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was like... I can't, I don't, I'm not good with dates, but that was like early. That was like 2006, 2007 probably yeah. is when I started doing that. And then the Tony Soto show was born, um, which was, is a podcast that I do currently and I've been doing for almost, well, it'll be four years in November. Um, that's such a long time to commit to anything. It's my longest relationship for besides real. marijuana. Can you believe <laughs> it? Like, it's like, <laughs> it, seriously. <laughs> I mean, um, 
And it all came because at one point I worked at this job and I was getting in a fight with uh, my manager at the time. And he just cracked off at me and was like, you know what? This isn't the Tony Soto show. And you were like, and I said, it should be. I it said, that's be. exactly what I said. I was like, well, it very well should be the Tony Soto show. And now, no one can ever tell me that again. They can't say that it's not. Because it is. It, it is. is weekly. Every Wednesday on iTunes and SoundCloud. Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> so and then that's, you know, grown and is it hard to keep it going sometimes? Are you ever like, ah, oh, fuck this show? Or are you always like, has it been something that's been always great and consistent? And You know, the way it started, it was so funny. It was very much like what we're doing here. So this is actually kind of nostalgic and I love it because... Uh, um, it was me and yeah, my... Yeah, you kind of in, were part of the inspiration to why I wanted to start a podcast. Oh, I love that. Yeah, of course. I love that you think of me outside of everything else. But, uh... I did. So, it was like, <laughs> I, I was like, I was like, okay, fuck this. Like, to Tony Soto show, don't tell me that. I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna show you. And so, like, I had, um, a really good friend, <laughs> Levi Christ, who is a Tony Award winner for oh, Million Dollar, Million Dollar Quartet. Yeah. Um, and because I work for Broadway in Chicago, so I met yes. him when uh, the show came to Chicago, and so yeah. we became good friends. And so he was like, "Look, I want the first episode because I had already interviewed him at, at another point for a queer website that I had briefly called The Q." And uh, so many business ventures, girl. She's failed really? a lot. Yeah, no, man. not failed. Learn. You don't fail. You learn. I've learned a lot. Very true. Um, and that. so uh, I was. Uh, I had interviewed him for this uh, website, and so he said, I want to interview you for your inaugural show, The Tony Soto Show. Cute. So uh, that that happened, and that was great, and that's the first episode, and I'm still very grateful for Levi for doing it, because he didn't have to, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then the second episode, it was funny, my very dear friend Lucy Wack, who I've loved and who's been in my life since I moved to Chicago, she didn't like me when we first met, which makes me love her even more, because I'm so lovable, which means skeptics. I like and, a good skeptic. And determined. Yeah. 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 And then Shea Coulee, who is a semi-famous drag queen now. She was on a show called RuPaul's Drag Race. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but whatever. She may be about to win. Uh, she, she may be about to win. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Not if you read Reddit, but whatever. What can you do? I don't know how far <laughs> into drag you want to go, because whatever. Well, she's not here. But uh, We're not getting that far into Shea. But Shea Coulee uh, uh, and Lucy were just sitting in the apartment when I was about to start talking on the second episode of the Tony Soto Show. <laughs> and the very, like, 30 seconds before I hit record, I said, you guys are on the show, too. That's amazing. And they were like, okay. And they're two of my dearest friends. So it was just like, so for a year, it was just us getting together, talking shit about Drag Race, talking shit about each other, like, kicking. And then after Fantastic. a year, I'm like, by the way, guys, I'm moving to L.A. And they thought for sure it would be over. Yeah. Like, they thought for sure the show would be done. It had a good run. We did it a year. Yeah. But now it's literally outside of just, like, talking to queer people and interviewing queer people and talking about Drag Race still. It's, like, a great way for me to stay in touch with two of my very dear friends. And now it's grown. Like, the cast yeah. has grown since. So, And they can still do it remotely? Like yeah, Lucy we do it via Skype. Lucy so, can do it from Chicago. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a little... Lucy's apartment in Chicago is my studio there. So <laughs> her, Shea Coulee, and Rachel Sanders. And then if I have a Chicago guest, we'll be there. I have four mics there. And I have four mics here in L.A. 
That's fantastic. So, That's a lot of people. Yeah, it, it is a lot of people. But I think, like, you know, I just feel like I know really fun people. And Midwesterners don't care about taking the piss out of each other. Like, we yeah. will fucking... We like... Yeah. We're snarky, we're shitty, we're For sarcastic. Sure. Everything is like, yeah, right, girl. Like, everything is a yeah, you're successful. <laughs> you know, like, I'll never let Shay Coulee have her success. I never will. Fuck you, Shay. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, you knew totally. her when, and you can bring her down. Yes. You know, if her and I will share it on another medium. She was a fan of mine first. Because <laughs> I met Shay Coulee before she was Shay Coulee. I met Shay Coulee when she was still Jaren, an aspiring costume designer. And totally. he was just such a powerful presence. And I was like, did you say you should do drag? No, I don't care about that. No, 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 that's not true. That's not You're declaring right up. That's not true. But, but, uh, and actually I do say that like, um, Shea Coulee taking on drag actually inspired me to start doing drag more more often and now I'm a fucking Silver Lake icon here in LA he is Uh, (laughs) outside of all the podcast and digital stuff Tony also hosts a bunch of the most amazing shows in LA yeah I was very lucky LA's been very kind to me what are you um, doing? You have you still have learn the words, bitch, on Monday nights. That's the Akbar. first Monday. The first Monday of every night, every month is Akbar. Learn the words, bitch. And it's like it's, it's been going on. What lip syncing show. Yeah, it's a lip syncing competition that is open to anybody who wants to lip sync. Because you know we've all been in front of our bathroom mirrors. We've all had the towel hairdo, and we've all lip synced to fucking something by Cher. Oh, totally. Drag queens can't be the, uh, the only ones having the fun. So I, you're able to come in, you perform. I have celebrity judges that like will critique your performance. And who, then who are the celebrities? We've had uh, people like Trixie Mattel. We've had uh, th- a director and actor from Search Party that show on TBS, uh, Jordan and uh, Roger Charles. Yes, currently are, escapes my mind, but um, and. Uh, and we've had Trixie Mattel. We just had Jasmine Masters do it, and she's fabulous. You know, um, and you host, which and I host, which is great. And uh, then I do this. It's actually a really cool show because it it really does give. I've I've been to it multiple times. Yeah, three or four or five, four. Who knows? That's how we. Kind of reignited our relationship because you and uh, your delightful roommate Matt, who's actually been sitting at this table. I know what a creep. But uh, so, so you guys were just chilling there, and I I represented Chicago, so I was like, I'm from Chicago, and you bitches are like, we're from Chicago. Yeah, we definitely had a Chicago moment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've turned I've turned Akbar into a Chicago bar. Yeah, it's cute. And then the other one is downtown in... At Precinct. Yes. And that's the second Monday of every month, and that's popularity contest. And that is exactly what it sounds like. So you have to jump through three (laughs) hoops in order to become popular, because becoming popular is not easy. So you have to do a number, you have to do a one-minute comedic or dramatic monologue, and then you have to do a special skill. 
And then the I Ambers, who are the audience, the popular girls, totally. they're going to vote for the winner. And then the winner wins $100. That's fun. Oh, yeah, I like to incorporate when it would. And does it get a good crowd on a Monday? Uh, it could be better, so come on down. <laughs> well, now that it's this, on this is going to make all the difference. <laughs> yeah. this, this podcast is going to change. You're gonna, you're this gonna, thing with no scheduled air date is going to make I'm gonna all blow the difference. Up. <laughs> I'm about to blow you are up. welcome. <laughs> but like I'm, you know, I'm from an era of uh, drag queens that are fucking mascots. You know, like. You know, there's um, Lauren Jacobs and Frida Lay and uh, uh, who's the pineapple? Who's that one? Uh, Miss Fousey. You know, like all of these like Chicago old school drag queens. I wasn't even around for any of those. That hosted shows. Like it wasn't, and it wasn't about like hosting drag shows. Uh, You know, it was like either an amateur drag competition that you would, that you would sign up to be on or it would be bingo or it would be some kind of game. Because drag drag to me, drag to me uh, were mascots. Like that's what we were created to be. Uh, Gay bar mascots. And that's gone like the idea of that is gone the, well the, yeah the history maybe. of that that's so true is gone well, now not, it's not about so much now with i mean now that uh, rupaul's drag race has come you know on now there's this whole new especially when you live in la yeah but here. this drag that we're seeing as a result of rupaul's drag race is not the drag that i remember sneaking no, into gay bars agreed. when i was 16 i remember well, no, I mean? that's true i mean i like, i lived in new york in the 90s yeah after college and you know, it was Sherry Vine and um, Justin Bond, you know, with Kiki and Herb and, uh, you know, Jackie Beat for a little while and mm-hmm. had a lettuce and Coco Peru. Mm-hmm. And I, it, to me, it seems like, you know, discovering those drag queens and maybe that is a lost art. Maybe that isn't happening. I, I feel like some of the girls of RuPaul's Drag Race, like Alaska and some others, you know, like... Do oh, amazing I'm, things. I'm, to I, see. I don't. I don't ever want to discount the fact that there are some stunning queens when it comes to uh, that have come from that franchise. Yeah, but you can't dispute the fact that there are people who comment on drag now who should probably just keep their mouths shut about oh, sure. drag. Do you know what I mean? And the, I, and the and the, and the thing that like. Their voices are allowing the um, history of drag to like fade away because it's all, well, do I do I pass as a woman? Am I day fish? Ooh, am I so pretty? Am I? That's just like, the nature that's... of the world, though. Everything's gonna. Everything moves on, and things evolve and change in the history. No, absolutely. You know but I mean? if you ask any drag queen in history if they thought that fucking clowns would be reading to children, no, I can tell you that they would say no. The fact that yeah, the fact that true. the fact that um, I can go to a, to uh, a place and have story time for kids and a kid to be like, I really love you, and it's like you mean in drag. In you drag, go, you go read stories to kids at schools have, or hospitals. I, I, went or to a, I went to an activity center in <laughs> Echo Park, and I are in um, Atwater Village, and I read to kids. I did drag queen story hour, which was super <laughs> fun. But there's something great about drag. That? Yeah. Comes from dark 
Well, dirty they, gay bars. And it's subversive. Yeah. Oh, like, totally. like they're, they're, they're mean. Totally subversive. They're, absolutely. The first yeah. drag queen I met was in, the first gay bar I went to was Rumors in Bellingham, <gasps> Washington. Oh, wait. There's an, I was in I was probably to 50 Rumors. We've all been to Rumors. I lived at Rumors. Yeah. Girl, you did live at Rumors. <laughs> Still do. <laughs> 9-11 Rumors Boulevard, LA. No, but I, Rumors was a gay bar, but it was really like a quote-unquote gay bar it was like gay friendly it's where gays guys gay people would go but it was also like half straight yeah it was where like you the only place to dance. Up, right? like, yeah <laughs> and there was a resident drag queen there and she, she was like crazy and oh, i don't know she was really nice also she's not listening yeah she, I'm was, sure like, she's she not was kind listening. of like the town she was like the bar drunk she was like a bar fly but always showed up in drag and was kind of a character and would do the small pride parade there and was kind of like a mascot. Like yeah, said, drag, like, drag. That's is, what that was. Drag, you know. Look. There weren't girls going around and little, like, like 19 year old boys, like, showing up in looks at the game. No. <laughs> but they, I mean, drag, you know, and drag queens were at the forefront of Stonewall. You know, they were like the most. Well, trans women. The most out and drag queens. And drag yeah, queens. Uh-huh. Both, you're right. Yeah. Uh, but they're the most out there, like, they're taking a much bigger risk than some guy that just. Like goes into a gay bar. It's yeah, risk, I, well, but it's power too. There's so there's so much power in a drag. Well, bar. there's only power once you get to the door of that bar, and then that power until you leave that bar. Like the thing about my drag, and uh, people they ask me all the time because I, I will come to the gig, I'll be in geesh, I'll come to the gig, but I'll have a suitcase. Oh yeah, full of boy Tony Soto in it, and then as soon as the gig is over, I'm out of face because it's a job. Right. To yeah. me. Right. Like, like I love that. Yeah, living your life. But. And the thing is, so I'll be I'll be adored at Akbar on a Monday night. People be like, Oh, we love you. Tommy Soto, you're the best drag queen. We think you're the greatest. And I'll be like, That's great. I love you too. And then I'll like go and I'll take it off and then I'll come back into the same bar and nobody knows. No yeah. one nobody well, knows. Uh, plenty of people am. know. I, more often they don't, which that is, is which crazy. To me is, that is so funny. Yeah, I, and it's like, and there's a part of me that really kind of likes that and don't want to lose that, but also there's a part of like the narcissism that's like, no, they need to know you as a boy too. You're not just a drag. They're getting it both ways. You're not They're just a drag. You are, you know. I was, I'm the most reluctant drag. You want to be equally celebrated when you come out as you. You're like, yay! You're so great. I fought being a career <laughs> clown for years. For years, I thought oh, the idea of being a career clown. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Like, well, they're, it's similar. I mean, it's 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 me going to a place all done up doing this. Yeah, yeah. Not much. Sin- it's pretty similar. Yeah. So, like, yeah, that's true. But I mean, I, but I, not everybody makes it like that. Well, I never thought that like drag was going to be my life. But then, because I wasn't Do appreciated like in Chicago, that? I wasn't appreciated in Chicago. Yeah, for sure. You know, like I mean, don't get me wrong. I was still finding my. For all those fucking many years of drag, I was searching for a look, and I feel like in LA I found it. But but well, I was you have two steady gigs. I, I do. Like. I have so a third like, one starting as well. So I mean, like, it, and but the thing is that it took moving to LA to be a stranger in LA for no one to know me, for me to debut my drag, and for people to be like, I like that. And you know what? That means more to me because I prefer strangers liking me than my friends and family and supporters. You know what I mean? Because uh, it's like, that's what's you tell, like, my too. friends and family are like, you're great. They don't mean it. You know, and if they do, they still are saying because they have to. They're trying to be nice. But a yeah. stranger, 
for a stranger to come up to you and say, I really like what you're doing. Well, and I want to give you a night and pay you to come here and host something. That was amazing how it happened. I mean, literally, yeah. uh, happen. my good friend Adam Silver was like, what do you want to do, Queen? Like, I moved here. And he's like, what do you want to do? And I directed him at, at, in, Rock, on, in Rocky Horror in college in Chicago, and I've known him for a long time. He's great. Adam Silver is one of the most brilliant actors there are. He's fabulous. But he's like, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to host a night. I want to do a monthly night, drag night. Um, and I want it to be a lip syncing competition. I want to call it Learn the Words, Bitch. And that's what I want to do. And he went to Akbar. He introduced me to the management there. And they said, yes. Akbar took a chance on a no-name queen. That's amazing. And they gave it to me. Well, they gave me a Monday. You know what I mean? They were like, ah, yeah, you can have the Monday. Oh, still. A Monday. Drag queens are but, trying to book any time slot now. It's but, like, drag show, Tuesday morning. <laughs> yeah, and a Monday at fucking Akbar in that neighborhood bar has been great. And then that led to the owner of Precinct coming to see Learn the Words Bitch Four. because uh, Brian, his mm-hmm. husband. Right. So, because uh, he had heard of Learn the Words Bitch. And so he came there, and he was like, I want to give you a night at Precinct. That's also a Monday. Yeah, also, also <laughs> a Monday. I mean, I'm just, I'm no, just really good. I'm, I'm just a really good drag queen. And, I mean, the, the way you just told that, it's like you totally manifested it. Yeah. Which is, which is really my great. My vision board yeah. was my secret. Because yeah. your friend was like, what do you want to do? And you Adam, said it out loud, awesome. and he helped you make it happen. Yeah. And that's great. And I feel like, you know, it's like as much as I fought drag, like now that I'm up and running and doing it and kind of like thriving in this community and yeah, it's fine. I mean, there's a lot of pressure because if you're not a RuPaul girl, the question is, why aren't you a RuPaul girl? Do you ever audition for that show? I auditioned for 10. I auditioned for this last one. I don't, I, I, I'm still here, so. Uh, you're not on the show. I, I'm not on the show. Breaking news. No, but they shot it, but no, no, but they didn't have it, but I feel like I would know by now. Was it yeah. a lot of work to do all of that video? Because The audition is not a joke. And the thing is, is like, I never wanted to audition, but I have fans out here who are like, we'd love to see you on the show. And I was like, all right, well, I will for the fans. For it the just fans. it means a huge boost in your. But I don't want it. You know, well, I don't want it, that. Like seeing the ugliness that's happening to Shea Coulee via uh, Valentina's fan base right now, um, as a result of a reunion. I show, just heard about that. Like, like that's venom that I don't need because yeah, because. That's a reality show, man. I care so little about your opinion on my drag and what I do that, uh, I mean, I, 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 I would be, like, fighting bitches on Twitter all day. Yeah. Well, you, you know, have other things you're doing too. I mean, you do the Tony Soto show, which yeah. is a podcast. You don't you don't do it in drag. You're I don't do it as a drag persona. I don't know. I mean, you could if you wanted that to. Was no a, one would see it. That was a fight with um, Shay Coulee because, like, I call Shay Shay. Like, I barely call him Jaron, and mm-hmm. so like he's never been like he's he's never in drag on the show. But I, the, you're always the like marketing. Shay. I market him as a drag queen, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, hey, if Shay. we ever do live shows. You're going to be a drag, you know what I mean? Right, she, right. Luckily, we never did, and now she's way too famous for that. But you know, it's like, uh, it was, you could be. And are you still doing the new YouTube show with your friends? I do an extra. I do another podcast called The Gay Power Half Hour, and then that got us a YouTube show briefly called The Casey and Tony Show. Okay, which is he's a Casey Lie is a stand-up comic out here in LA. 
Um, How did that happen when you say that got us a show? Like, what what happened? Well, he's a comic. He knows a lot of people. And uh, a girl at the production company was like, hey, I'm doing this segment about drag. Do you know? Can you help me out? And he was like, yeah, my friend Tony's a drag queen. So I went and I did a makeup tutorial thing with these two fun girls. Um, And uh, as a result, they were like, hey, do you and Casey want to do a show? And so That's yeah, awesome. we we've done like I think we we totally we did ten episodes maybe eight eight or ten episodes mm-hmm. um, that'll play through the end of June and uh, it's been fun like I I'm so fortunate to have run into Casey live because like I met him actually in Chicago and then we were moving here at the same time because he's from San Francisco. And we're moving here at the same time, and then we just became really good friends, and now we're comedic partners. And you know, and and also like, uh, he is a, an openly HIV positive comic here in LA, and uh, I was uh, unfortunately diagnosed with HIV uh, last year, so it's kind of been uh, a good cathartic relationship. Totally, he would like Somebody help. Can, like, yeah, it was somewhere like he was like a veteran. You know what I mean? He's like, bro, you, you so, got it. You're you learn from your elders. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, so that happened, and so we we've been doing the gay power half hour, and then uh, when I found my diagnosis, now we're kind of a little more open about it, and we talk about that as well. So we feel like mm. you know that's bringing some. How often do you do that? So that's an ongoing podcast. Theory. Weekly. Both so of my shows are weekly. Okay. Yeah. When you found out that you had HIV, were you immediately like, um, did you make a big announcement or was it kind no, of No. Like- I, was, I was quiet about it for probably about six months. Yeah. Because I got it like shortly after I moved to LA. You know what I mean? Totally. But I got it in Chicago. So I was on, I was on a visit. So it felt like I got it, you know, it felt, yeah. somehow it felt good. You know what I mean? <laughs> that Midwestern HIV. I was like, this is, this is fine. <laughs> this um, is from the homeland. Well, it was funny because I literally went back for one gig uh, in the November after of the year I moved here mm-hmm. and uh, went there. It, it happened. I came back and I found out and I didn't know a lot of people here. So it was kind of like my thing. Right. To deal with. You know what I mean? Totally. You didn't have a network. Totally. You didn't have a network. No. Like, I mean, I, I immediately out. called Lucy Wack. She was the first call I made. She is amazing, and I love her to this day and forever. Um, and then I told Casey Lie, and uh, he was, I was like, you made it so goddamn intriguing. Went <laughs> got me some, too. <laughs> and uh, he thought I was joking, and I was like, oh, that sounds like a joke I would make. But no, I'm not. And, um... And then, you know, I just, like, started telling, I told Adam Silver because we worked together, you know, and it just, like, I slowly told people, and at some point I was like, I'm going to have to make a public decree on the socials because right. I live openly you're a on social the internet. Person. You I live openly on the internet. I was talk like, about it. Yeah, and it was never, like... I mean, I was kind of like, fuck, girl, you got it at 35, really, bitch? Like, you have been a real gross whore a lot in your life, and <laughs> you get and it at, at 35. 35. That's fine. Uh, so, I mean, there was, like, some internalized hatred there for a minute. Where Why? Because like, you felt unresponsible or something? Because I was like, like, I should know better. Because, I mean, I've always been safe. I mean, I've, I've yeah. had uh, sexual relationships with HIV-positive men for years right. because it's never yeah. been a stigma me, for me. Me too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I never wanted that to be a stigma for 
for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I tried to remain educated, and so and I always prided myself on being, oh, I'm very woke. Like, I'm very woke on HIV. Right. And then uh, I get it, and then you find, oh, well, okay, you're not all that woke. Well, there's just things like, that you, you still have, have, to, have to think about. Right? Yeah, like a pill a day. You God damn it. Really As senility that. sets in, that's going to get harder. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, fucking. I think they're, yeah. they're working on like a... Like shot, a, like like a, a shot or something. I recently started taking crap, and that was like, for me to take a pill every day, I was like, this is like um, like a change in like, I mean, it's not a huge deal. It was actually a really great thing, but it was like, okay, I'm making like a decision to do something. And yeah. I felt like I became much more aware about HIV and what it was and um, all that kind of stuff after going through that process. Yeah, I never really wanted, I never wanted to be one of, I never... Like, because I remember seeing HIV from a small town. You know what I mean? Same. Like, I remember seeing things happening and on that, the news. And that 80s, 90s glare of, like... I mean, it, it was sensationalized. Yeah. And, like, oh, I'm yeah. sitting here being, I was like, terrified of knowing it. that I was a gay person. Like, knowing yeah. I've known forever. And then watching this, like, on MTV News or some shit. Yeah, you know, and you're like, sure. You're like, holy shit, like, these are my people. You know what I mean? And so, like... I remember at a young age just being like, I want to know about this. Mm-hmm. You know, when I said that I was uptight when I was, you know, a kid and not having sex, that's why, you know, like. Was I, because of that. that I, like, sure. the first news of, of, of uh, you know, of AIDS in, in New York and San Francisco was and like in 1982 ish. Yeah. And how old were you? And I was 12. Yeah. You know, crazy. and so, like, as I was. And it kind realizing. of started there in Manhattan, where it was like yeah. big there, right? Well, well, like I would the, say like the LA, initial, San Francisco, the initial and New York was yeah, pretty. The initial diagnoses were, in, you know, probably in, first in New York and then San Francisco, or maybe simultaneously. I don't yeah. know. Right. But um, there's people, doctors, learning like this, mm-hmm. whatever they were calling it. Some what um, it was called something else at first. Right. Um, and then. Uh, I just remember, like, as I was realizing that I was gay, at the, at the same time in the news, it's like, gay sex can kill you. Right. So, you know, it's just like, That's crazy. oh, God, like, okay, well, and I knew that it wouldn't be acceptable to my family. And, and, and Are you from a religious family? No, no. They just didn't want me to be gay. They're like liberal people, but they didn't want their son. Sorry, right, we gay. support the cause, but don't be the cause. Right. I got you. Yeah. No, I so, hear that. And they were very... I wish my family was woke enough to be about the cause, or at least know the cause, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, they, they have gay friends and whatever, but, you know, anyway. That, See, I, I feel like I I was a smart slut. Like, I knew it wasn't in Clinton. You know what I mean? Like, I knew that, <laughs> I knew, I knew that HIV wasn't in Clinton when I was in high school. And I was, so I would just, like, it was my mission to, like groom the straight guys you know what I mean like that's what I spent my time doing like it was work it wasn't easy so you mean to get to bring them over and get them to I was a lot of people's experimental phase when I was growing (laughs) I was very eager drink the Tony Soto poison I was very eager to help in any way you need it you know what I mean like (laughs) a lot of my I mean I slept with almost all my girlfriend's boyfriends like I was a pretty shitty person but they loved you for that you and your little gothness but <laughs> it's a fucking it's like, damn you, Tony Soto, you struck again. They always went back to him. You know what course, I mean? They never stayed with me. Disclosure of the mall. No, girl, but we're we're in, we're in between two towns that have malls. So would you go? Would you? Were you no. a mall girl? No, no you I never went to the mall. Girl. No, I mean I would go to the mall, but no, I never I never had money. 
<laughs> I never mind. Hey, you don't have to have money to be a mall girl. You really have to have money to go to the mall. You I didn't want to just go there to hang out. Like, I'd be more like, let's just smoke weed or take acid. You're like, let's go to the rest stop. Like, let's go to the rest stop. I fancied the porn arcades. That's what I fancied. That's how I met my date. You're like, I went to the library. I have a wide stance. Well, that's where your boyfriend and I have been. Oops, what? <laughs> no, I mean, like, I, I, I don't know. I was like, I, I just felt like uh, because I had to work so hard to get it, I was like, I'm fine. And then I moved to Chicago, and then I got a little, I was I was very careful in Chicago because I just lost my mind. Moved I was mind. always a, such a goody two especially this in you, I was such a goody two shoes growing up. Even when it came to sex, I was like, we'll not do anything inappropriate ever. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so careful. Still am. I rem- I think I got tested at night and never had sex. I'm still super nervous. Well, I mean, I just took advantage of the fact. <laughs> so the person testing you was like, let's talk about your experiences. And they're like, what are you doing here? <laughs> Why are you You're here? fine. What do you mean no one's touched you? I think you? I've got all of the diseases. <laughs> you know, I, I just took advantage of the ignorance of my parents. You know, my father was uh, had jumped the fence from Mexico, so he was uh, an immigrant. Uh, he married my mother, who's a bumpkin from central Illinois. So, I mean, they didn't want me to be gay, so it was right. perfect for yeah. me because I had, I had guys stay over all the time, and I literally, each time, got permission from my parents. <laughs> Every time I ever fucked any guy in my house, it was when my mm-hmm. parents said, sure, they can sleep over. They had no idea. They didn't, but you know what? It was a struggle to be gay in the in uh, the country, and so I don't regret anything. It was a oh, survival Oh, no, I think thing. that's great. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like people like to... Uh, uh, Whenever I say, like, uh, I was a lot of people's experimental phases, they're like, kind of a predator. They're like, you're kind of a predator. I was like, yeah, had to be. <laughs> had to be. Right. I, I wanted do. someone to touch me too. Well, girl, in it's the, not like I have you, a lot of slutty girlfriends getting pregnant all the time. Like, why like can't I get pregnant? You go down to like the gay disco and For like, you, yeah. had, like you, had to, you had to find them, lure you them into did. a town of eight thousand and some slim pickings. And they were like, all cute. I'll tell you that. I took a lot of. I took a lot for the team gays. I fucked a lot of toads. <laughs> get a bear trap and put it right outside of the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> So, so Tony, um, yes. now you've really made a life for yourself I in L.A. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I really, I like, I like how, what you said about like, and that's kind of what the show is about, like how you manifest something and like you, you have those, those nights, you're doing a third one, you're expanding your new media conglomerate. Oh, look at that. Did we talk about the third one at all? Uh, Well, you just said a third night. The third night is um, actually going to be starting a precinct as well. It's going to be the fourth Monday of every month. Damn, I'm about to be when when people think Monday, they you think, think you they think, think Tony Soto. That's what, it's your drag name, right? It is my I, I, I retired Xander Fairlawn oh. when I moved here, and so what's now the new drag my name? drag name is Tony Soto. Oh. It's just much easier. It's just much easier with the branding. You know, Tony can be a girl name. I mean, I don't change the spelling. It's still like Tony Basil. So yeah, so it's It's like like, Chad Michaels. And and, you know, well, it was funny because I had Trixie Mattel at Learn the Words, bitch. Is Trixie Mattel's her real name? Uh, Uh, No. Um, But so I had done one show with Trixie. (laughs) (laughs) I had done one show with Trixie Mattel. In Chicago, uh-huh. and that was it. But I had known Trixie as just Tony, 
because she was friends with Shea Coulee and and you uh, were Kim lucky. another and, and, another Chicago queen. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Uh, she's Milwaukee, but via Chicago. Oh, Chicago com- really comes, embraced her. Chicago. Like yeah, Chicago that. really embraced her. Okay. So I had her judge and learn the words, and the whole time while I was in drag, she kept calling me Tony, and I got kind of mad at her because I'm like, girl, like, I it's mean, Sandra. I am in Xandra, you know what I mean? Sandra. So I was like, and I'm in drag and like, come on, bitch. Like, I'm not calling you Brian, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> and, sure. But then, um, and so I was bitching at a friend, but I love, I love Trixie and I was grateful for her to do that because she did it for no money uh, and she was famous already. So uh, I was, so I was talking to my friend Jay uh, Fink who makes my custom wigs and uh, he, he was like, girl, why don't you just change your name to Tony Soto? Yeah, and it was just all came together at that point. It just, yeah, like, I mean, it's, it's not so like much. you have such equity in Zandra. No, no, no. The name I was, was only so special happy. So it, many people hated it. I was so happy when I heard you were just going by Tony Soto. I was like, good. That's yeah. great. Tony Soto is a very catchy name, and you've used it to good advantage in, and I in use lots it of all media. The time. Yeah. I say my name a lot, and I plug my shows a lot, and so it's yeah. Like, you have the Tony Soto show. Yeah. So why all of the bathroom set? stalls already have Tony exactly. Soto right all over it? His why mouth this, has been why here. have this separate thing? Yeah, absolutely. It's a whole other brand. Yeah. So now it's like now, but but now this brings me to a point of living in LA of anxiety because a lot of my life is freelance at this point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, totally. Like a lot of it are the gigs that I'm getting mm-hmm. and the things that I'm doing. One thing at a time. And I mean, rent is is being made, but this is a lot of pressure because this is what they don't tell you when they're like, you can do whatever you want. Like, like whatever you want to do, you should do and you should make a living at yeah. it. But they don't tell you that if you're trying to make a living on you, that... Uh, Oh, it really does affect you if people don't like you. You know what I mean? Because like what I put out there is me. And You're selling your own brand. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So, I hear so that. when people are like, eh, eh, I don't really like that. Like t- Tony's kind of a dick. I get a lot of nasty email. I just get Madonna. No, I get a, nasty. Yeah, you did get a little bit nasty. Madonna. I got I get a lot of nasty, nasty. I get a lot of nasty emails from yeah. uh, people who listen to my show. Thank you for the click. Um, <laughs> to comment on things that I say and like expecting me to apologize. And I was like, look, I created this venue for me to say whatever I want. Yeah, yes. you can't pay that much attention to the comments and the, no, you know, whatever. No, you truly can't. Like, it's, unless they're good. And then you're like, yeah, screenshot. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's just now, it's like, I have to keep coming up with new things to keep people interested and, and I love that. It's a challenge here in LA. Yeah. And the, and the thing is, is I've known people since I've moved here who were not anything when I met them. Fast forward a year Boom. and they're TV rich. You know yeah, what I mean? Totally. Like that's the beauty of LA yeah. and what I don't think people really understand is it truly is a fluke if it happens to you, but it does happen to you. I've mm-hmm. seen it. I, I have too. I mean, people that I, you know, was here with, with when I, you know, first moved to town and they were, do, you know, hustling, doing this and that, you know, are now like showrunners on big network sh- shows yeah. and have like huge, you know, careers yeah. and are paid, you know, 
huge amounts of money for holding deals and things like that. I got to see Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg show with RuPaul as the fucking uh, guest. Amazing. Because my friend got a job on that show. That is so It was just like... Yeah, you do see what what's possible if you you know you come to a town like LA and you see you see what's possible and I think like what you're saying it's it's another spin on like the title of our show this is happening because your your feeling is like Hold oh on. my god this is this is happening and I've got to you know figure out how to keep it happening and figure out like what's next and what to feed it and, and how and it, how I how want it to move a little faster but also can I manage it going faster because like, this is happening because this is happening and it's I like that thing that you you're steering it but it also has a momentum of its own that can like go this way or can go that way and you don't have complete control over you it. You don't. Even like, though you, you don't really have the wind. Because you don't know what people you are going to You put it like. out there, you don't know what's going to happen. You yeah. have to read the stars. Yeah, you don't know what people are... Oh, please. It's why oh, I'm also like... A, like <laughs> what's your son? I'm a Sagittarius. But Sag. I'm also like an unapologetic atheist. So like that really means nothing. The, only, the, the closest I've ever felt to like... Feeling like a like a sign like like oh this is a sign was literally a sign because I moved <laughs> I moved to LA and I moved across from this restaurant that's called Home and so I look out my window yeah when I first moved into the apartment I look out my window and I just see Home and that I was is like, a ah sign. I was like okay if I believed I'm home. In, if I believed in weird shit this would be something I would status update about yeah, yeah. for sure but uh, no and that's that's the thing LA people are weird and spiritual that makes it a little weirder too it's weird. For People sure. are super into talking about their feelings here. Yeah. And I'm too Midwestern for that. It's I'm not like, always about God, though. No, it's, it's like, a, it's almost about, never is. It's about, more, it's about Xenu. The universe. It's about, it's certainly it's about, about, about It is about Xenu. <laughs> I just got a hand-addressed letter to me from the Celebrity Center, which is very near me. Take me off your um, list. And I just thought, oh my God, they took the time to like write my name and address. Like, how'd they even get it? It was well, slavery. so creepy. That's punished. <laughs> that's punished. That's, someone in the prison camp in heaven that wrote someone, that out. That is someone who has had hate thoughts. <laughs> someone stuck on who the has had mental crimes. It was a suppressive person. It's a suppressive person. <laughs> They're all over where I live. Oh my, well, I live very near that celebrity center in Franklin Village, and so I and I've lived there for seventeen years. It's the first time I've gotten like a actual like. Handwritten address. They found you, Queen. They have. They found you, girl. Damn. That's crazy. I'm a little scared. Yeah. That's the thing. That's the one thing. I encourage anyone to, well, first, I encourage anyone who lives in small towns that if you feel uh, like uh, oppressed, try to start a P flag group at your house uh, there. But if you move to LA, I totally condone uh, it. I condone moving here, but the Scientologists are real and I think they're taking over. So. Do not join Scientology. I'm, I'm hoping they're waning. You know, stuff like Le- Leah Remini's show. Well, they keep stuff. buying up property. No, apparently. Well, like, they have plenty of money. They have believe. so much. <laughs> Scientology. You know, they is have a lot of money. Crazy. I would listen. The, the, the goal of being able to move something with your mind, if you're on a lot of drugs, is a good idea. Like, that would be something I wish I could do. Like, I would, you know, if I, if I could go through some Scientology things and move shit with my mind for free, I'd try it. You uh, could move it doesn't, with your mind. <laughs> it doesn't pan out. What? Cut to the end. What? It doesn't work. I'd stop right before it stops you from being gay now. <laughs> I can move. I don't ever want to lose that yeah. that fucking you thing. That's a big thing. Yeah, that thetan is staying right where she belongs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cross-legged, <laughs> judging people. <laughs> What's your sign? Uh, I'm a Taurus. I don't care. 
<laughs> I never know what that means. You know, I never know that. Means. I really don't either. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tony Soto. Yes. What a pleasure. Oh my goodness! This, I hope that we have something for you. I hope that you got something. Oh, uh, we got something. for Oh, sure. I think people liked hearing your story, well and, and you, I mean, you are practiced at gathering people around microphones. Shooting the shit and making it entertaining. Yeah, honestly, Campfire it so time. It's all about talking, and st- that's why podcasts. That's why I wish you luck on this show. Thank you. Because Thank you. Uh, because podcasts are the new storytelling, and it's like yep. you can. We're sitting here as a trio talking about shit that, and then someone in their car is going to be listening to us, and they're going to be in the conversation. The best note I ever get from people who listen to the Tony Soto Show or the Gay Power Half Hour is, "I wanted to comment." You know, like I like yes. to have a conversation where if your listeners, like if they were there, they'd want to. I love how in. you said campfire stories. It made me think like like of a tradition going back to the Greeks yeah. and like you know and like just oral oral storytelling mm. and just like oral. Homer and other oral stuff. Oral. Those, oral. Greeks. <laughs> those Greeks were oral yeah. as fuck. But, you know, just like the Odyssey and everything. Yeah. Just like people sitting around well, we don't fires. Talk. We don't talk. Anymore, yeah. it's all. But we texting, do texting, texting, texting. Gays so. still talk, do they? They don't like the to use the I phone. Yeah. They don't like to pick up the that's phone. Like, I don't. Like, I don't want to pick up. That's the why phone. I like board games because it's that community. Like that's why I like you though too, like you and Matt, because like you are cool with staying in and playing games and shit. Like that's like that's oh, gays I like to do that. Yeah, game not, nights. You have uh, to bring it out of them. Nobody's gonna suggest it. <laughs> but gay board gamers are super fun. We should do a gay board gamers podcast. Okay. Anyway, that's another time. Right. Yeah. Well, let's, let's start with this one. Yeah, let's start with this one. No, I mean invite somebody from that group. Let's not bore Tony Soto with our future guests. Oh, yeah. I'm really <laughs> interested in this one. This, this will be the only Tony. one I listen to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you, Terry. That's true. That's the truest thing you've said today. No, thank you so much for having me on the show. This was so fun. Thank you. you Thank you. Just for your listeners, if you like me and want to know more about me, you can find me in so many ways. Instagram, The Tony Soto Show. Twitter, Tony V. Soto. You can find me at Tony Soto's a Drag or uh, The Tony Soto Show and The Gate Power Half Hour on Facebook. And iTunes and SoundCloud for all of my podcasts. And we will post that wherever this ends up being That's in right. our description we'll give all the info of this episode. I love that. This Thank is you great. So you guys much. are great. Good luck with this. Thank you Thanks. so much. Bye, Tony Soto. Bye. Bye. Bye, podcast listeners. Hey, thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please feel free to subscribe on the Apple Podcast app or iTunes or SoundCloud. Like it. Share it. Tell your friends. If you're on SoundCloud, you can hit that little love button. That feels so good. Oh, to I see. love to see the hearts. The <laughs> hearts are real special. Yeah, it's fun. Thank um, you so much. Yeah, thank you.